Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Now that you're comfortable, will you stand with me? Can you do that? I believe God is doing something extraordinary in and through our faith community. And I want you to know that I am so thrilled to be on this journey with you. You are loved, Valley Point, and I can't wait to see what God does next. Before you sit back down, I want you to turn to somebody and say, Happy 47th birthday, Valley Point. You may be seated. It is really an honor today to introduce our guest speaker, John Cremines. John was the pastor here from 2001 until 2009. During that time frame, under John's leadership, the church pivoted and became a church that faced the community while welcoming everyone to come and discover God's great plan for their lives and God's enduring love. That change caused the church to grow to the point where the move was made from what is now our office building, and that's that building right next door, to the Garnet Valley Middle School where we began meeting in 2005. Our church continued to grow with that very strategic move. In 2009 then, John moved away from a place he cherished and helped build, and I accepted the call to come to Valley Point in that process of coming. One of the first phone calls I made was to John. I reached out to him and said, John, talk to me about this church. It sounds very interesting, and you were a part of this. You helped lead it for many years. Talk to me about this church. With deep love, with deep love, he talked about a place that was very special. And I knew if God was in this, that it was a place I wanted to come to and be a part of as a leader as well. Nine years have passed now, and you need to know that John has been a friend and a source of encouragement to me personally. And I can't even begin to tell you, John, how wonderful and encouraging that has been to me personally. So thank you. John is creative. He's a strong communicator, a leader, and all of those things are wonderful. The thing I treasure the most and appreciate the most about John is that he walks with Jesus. And he's done that on good days, really good days, and he's done that through some challenging times as well. Many of you know John. Some of you do not. He loves this place. He really loves Valley Point Church, and we all love people who love us, right? So I think we're all going to enjoy John today because he does love us 
and he has been for what has been taking place here. He's been cheering for us. It's a joy to have you here, John, and your wife, Gina, in our new home, celebrating our 47th birthday for the first time in our permanent home, which is such a delight. I'm so thankful that you're here. Would you all please help me welcome our former pastor, John Cremines. Wow. It's good to be here. It's good to be with so many Philadelphia Eagle fans. Can I just say that? This is the most Eagles fans. I would have you all over to my house and we could watch football together. It would be a great, great time. Uh, so, so good uh, for me to be here. Um, had a great time with the first service. I always feel bad for the first service because that's where you kind of practice your talk and you work out all your kinks. And uh, so hopefully this one will make more sense. Um, I saw Eric when, when we walked in this morning and he said to me, he looked at me and said, John, I always forget how tall you are. And I thought, okay. And I looked at him, and I, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought, I always forget how much hair you have. <laughs> I have serious hair envy. <laughs> I'm a little challenged in that regard. But so good uh, for us to be here with you. I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. We, we had a challenging trip coming here. We got to the airport, um, and we, we drove to St. Louis. It was about a three-hour drive, and then we were going through uh, security, and Gina just goes right through, and when I go through, it beeps, and, I, and so this lady goes, will you, she gives me the talk. Will you step to the side, please? And I thought, oh, man, this is not good, and then this guy walks up to me, this is a true story. This is exactly what he said to me. He said, sir, something showed up on your inner thigh. <laughs> and I thought, that's, you're gross. You're weird. And he said, I'm going to have to pat you down. Do you have a problem with that? Well, what do you say to that? <laughs> well, sure, I have a problem with that. But I said, do what you got to do, man. I got a place to go. So we make it through there, and then we get here, and I grew up going, sorry for you Jersey people, I grew up going to a Delaware beach a lot, so my first place, we got in at 10.30, got a rental car, and I headed to Grotto's Pizza, because um, I had to have one, and so we got there like 15 minutes before they closed. Well, on the way back to the hotel, I had to stop at Wawa which you all should stop what you're doing right now. Get on your face before God and say thank you for Wawa (laughs) because you don't know what it is until you leave this area. But I had to stop at Wawa to get chocolate milk. You know, um, it's the best chocolate milk in the world. And while we were there, two state troopers walked out and they're like, how are you doing? I said, fine, how are you doing? And, And I thought, how friendly. The Northeast has changed. And we got in our car, and we started driving, and we were about to go past Smithbridge, and I said, the church is right down there. It's about, you know, 1230 now. And Gina was like, hey, can we go see it? Sure. So we came over here and drove around, and wow, just wow, 
all of you that sacrificed to do this, thank you so much. This is such an incredible place. We did like 10 laps just looking at it before we got the tour. Well, then we headed out and headed toward the hotel, and I noticed somebody kind of on my tail on Smithbridge. It's kind of getting on my nerves a little bit, you know? And so I prayed for them because that's what I always do when somebody gets on my nerves. And as I turned on the 202, he lit me up. So then I got to meet Trooper McGee, who came up and shined his flashlight, and he said, I know I saw you at Wawa. I said, yeah, and you said hi, right? And so we're good. We're like, we're solid. And he said, and then I saw you go into Valley Point's parking lot. So rest assured that they are keeping this place safe. And I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, you're probably not going to believe this. I used to work there. And he just looked at me like, Really? And I said, if you don't believe me, you can come back Sunday because they're supposed to let me talk. And so that was my meeting with Trooper McGee. So we had some interesting things happen on our way back to Pennsylvania. But again, so good to be here. I have cheered for you guys and followed your progress. Eric's so gracious in what he said, but really the credit goes to him. He, he has called me. He has texted me. He's honored me in so many cool ways along the last nine years. Whenever you had something um, monumental happen, which was quite often, he would text me and just say, hey, this is what's going on at church, and I just want you to know that it's happening and that we're building, you know, I'm standing on your shoulders. We're building part of this dream that was your dream. And so, so cool for me to see where you guys are at. So, We're in a series that Eric started last week called Seasons. And we have different kinds of seasons. We have seasons where we transition from fall, or now we're into fall, and soon we'll go into winter. Um, We have seasons like that. But we also have seasons that are points in time. Um, We have sometimes we go through waiting seasons. Sometimes we go through a season, and I met someone between the services, and, we were, and I just asked, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm looking for a job, though. That's a season when you're looking for a job. Some of us, or some of you, thank goodness, are raising young kids. Um, yesterday, we got to go uh, hang out with some of the staff that I worked with when I was here, and... Dan and Christy were there, and Ben and Courtney, um, Brian and Nancy. But there are all these kids, a lot of kids. <laughs> and Gina gets, she's like, don't you, don't you miss that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't miss it. Is that bad? Is there anybody else like me here? I mean, I, I'm thankful for it, but I'm really thankful it's over. And I'm empty nesting now, and that's a good thing. So I'm in that empty nest season. For some of you, you're in a retirement season. And for some, this is a season of pain. This is a dark season for you. And there's no way in a room this big with this many people that there aren't some of you that it was all you could do 
to bring yourself in here today. And let me just stop and say, way to go. And I hope that you'll keep doing that because Jesus will meet you in that season. I promise you, he will. But for some of you, you're going through a great season, season of joy. In fact, you're not like those that are in a season of pain who wish it would end. You're just wanting this to keep going. And just, it's drama-free right now. I love it. You know, it's a good season for you. Solomon said, for everything, there is a season. And we're in one right now for this church. Last week, Eric talked about an impact season. It was good to see Deb Barnum up here and to see the work she's doing in Bangladesh. And I saw Dan Barnum before the service. He used to run slides when I was here. So to see people like that, Phil, I can't believe you guys still let Phil play the bass here. It was, it was, it, he was so good, but it was just great to see people still plugged in, still serving. Today's a birthday, 47 years, and you're in your new home. How good does that feel? No teardown after church today. I saw one of the old cases downstairs that you guys, how many of you have ever helped with set up and tear down in the old, in the school. Yeah, a lot of you. A lot of you were smart. You didn't help. Uh, You just showed up for this like, woo! You got it easy. Uh, But I saw some of those cases, and I thought, why are they still here? Why do you not burn those and have a party, you know? Um, It's a big, big deal. But whenever we have birthdays, birthdays allow us to do a couple things. Actually, three things. They help us kind of reflect and kind of look back and see where we come. I think birthdays also help us celebrate the place that we're at. And then birthdays can also, we can dream about our future and what we have in front of us. But when we look at these, what's cool about all three of those, whether it's looking back, celebrating the present, or looking to the future, whatever it is, All of those areas, we have a way of using those and and Jesus using those in our life to help recalibrate ourselves. When we drift, we can kind of get back on course. And so that's kind of what I want to talk to you about in this season that we're at. So when we look at the past and seeing in our rearview mirror, it just gives us some perspective about how far we've come, but it also can give us perspective about drift. And how far maybe we've just gotten out of the good habits that we need to have. For Valley Point, I look at 47 years with four different pastors. Every pastor that was ever here had at least four kids. And Eric is so competitive. Yeah, six kids. I thought I won when I had five. But he won. Hats off. Great, great seasons that we've had here at this church. Great, great seasons. And I've got to share in some of those with some of you. And I've got to share with some of your great seasons from a distance. And it's just been a joy for me. Some challenging seasons along the way that we've had. Some of those I own. Some of those were difficult because of some things that that I had to go through. 
But we've had good seasons. We've had challenging seasons. I love the compassion trips that you guys, it's so cool that you guys still go to Russia. We started that. I got to see Una, and I, I got to actually take Una on one of her very first trips. I'll never forget it. We went to Russia together, and she got the VIP tour in the hospital, so I got to go with her, so it was kind of cool. But she was smitten. She got, she got bitten by the missions bug on that trip, and the dividends that that pays today. I think she's been to the Dominican over 30 times. So to see the compassion trips, if you guys have never been on one of those trips, can I just stop for a second and say, why? Go. Go on a trip. Take some of your vacation, spend some of your money, and go see what it's like to be in another culture. It will change your life. It will change your life. I love the fact that you guys do love days here where you go serve and love and you impact your community and you are forward-facing to the community now. Love it. Love it. You're, you're seeing how far you come and it can give you some perspective. I love this verse in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40. It says, let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. Reorder. It's good to have moments like this where we can stop and take a look at where we've been. So if needed, we can hit the reset button. And we can get back on the track that we know God has for us. We know what following Jesus can be like. And if you're here today and you don't know what it's like, boy, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. You're in a safe place where you can go on that journey. And don't get in a hurry because he'll meet you along the way. And for those of us that do follow him, we know how that is. And so we're cheering you on right now. Maybe you're here today and the reason you came was you just need to hit the reset button. The things you know that you need to do. You've let the urgent take the place of the important in your life. And the best thing you can do today is to flip that back and to recalibrate those priorities in your life. In 2 Corinthians 13.5, it says, Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Man, it's so easy to move into something like this and just exhale. (sighs) We've made it. The hard part's over. No. It's just beginning. It's just beginning for you. God has given you resources and a place to, to reach out to people like you've never had before. And with that comes a new set of responsibilities for you to do. It's a time where we can make sure we're still on course. I think we also get to celebrate first birthday in your new facility. I was going to have you guys all fist bump each other and say, hey, happy birthday. Eric stole that. So we're not going to do that. So just look to the person next to you and just nod. Just do him a nod. Hey, what's up? It's the Northeast thing. It's the Northeast thing. 
We were in the airport, and Gina, somebody walked by, and Gina was like, hello. I just looked at her. I was like, you can't do that when we get there. You just can't do that. People are going to look at you like you're weird, you know? Like, what do you want? And she's like, really? Yeah, so anyway. But I've had like four people say hi to me, so it's improving. I have great hope for the Northeast. I grew up here, so I can say that. It's, we celebrate the present. Today is my mom's 79th birthday. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. Clap for mom. Um, so later today, um, I'll pick up the phone. I'll call her, and, and we'll, we'll chat for a little bit. And when we get home, we'll go out, we'll eat, we might go shopping, but we'll celebrate the moment. And that's what we get to do. The Old Testament, the New Testament is filled with celebrations over and over again. You had dedications of people, of walls of protection that kept them safe. Dedication of the temple. They had festivals. They had the year of Jubilee. They built altars to commemorate where God had shown up big in their lives. Uh, The shepherds, the wise men, the angels, they celebrated the birth of Jesus They had wedding celebrations. In fact, Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding celebration. You're going to celebrate baptism coming up. And I hope if you haven't gone public with your faith in Jesus that you'll do that. It's an awesome experience to do. We celebrate. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. Sometimes it's just good to stop where you're at and to smile and say, It is really cool that we made it to this place. We get to celebrate. We take inventory. But then the biggest thing, I think, is we look to the future. Because the future is filled with possibilities. It's filled with possibilities. And it makes me think of this story in the Old Testament. And we don't have time to get into great detail today, but it's a story about a man named Caleb. And to kind of set the scene, Caleb was an Israelite. And The Israelites had been in in slavery and bondage in Egypt for for centuries. And God sends Moses to them. And he, through Moses and some miraculous events, he leads them out of that uh, that slavery time. into uh, and, And he protects them along the way from Pharaoh's army. And over and over and over again, he shows himself strong. He shows his favor in their lives. And they've come up right to the border of this land called Canaan. It's their promised land. It was to be their new home. And we pick up the story there in Numbers chapter 13. And it says, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders from is, of Israel, from their camp. These are all, if this happened today, we would know all 12 of these people. They were famous. They, they were uh, people of influence. They were leaders in their community. And, and the Bible says that Moses sends them out to scout the land. This, this land that's supposed to be so awesome and so incredible. It's so challenging sometimes to... Paint that picture for people when you're not there yet. That's why this new home is so amazing for me to see. 
But they send them out and they check the different military applications that they're going to have to come against. And they look at different agricultural implications like will it sustain them when they, when they take and possess this land. And they're in it for 40 days scouting around and they come back and, they're, and we pick up the story where they're giving this report of what they've seen. And in Numbers 13 down to verse 28, it says, But the people living there, they're powerful, and their towns are large, and they're fortified. In other words, they were blown away by the size and might of the people. And the Bible says that the people began to panic. And in the midst of this panic, which fear is contagious, isn't it? It just catches sometimes. And before you know it, all of a sudden, what, what you, when you've seen God show up in the past and you're in a difficult situation, you wonder, how is he going to show up for you again? Like maybe you've used all of those chances. And the Bible says that Caleb interrupted in verse 30. He interrupted. He called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. We can do this. In other words, he's like, are you crazy? Have you not seen how God has shown up for you in the past? Do you not see this? Does this not look like a miracle to you? How can you not believe God for another miracle when you see things like this all around you? For Caleb, God was bigger than the obstacles that he saw. And one quick side note here that I want to read. I want you to catch the, the reaction to the leadership when the people did this. In verse 14, or chapter 14, verses 5 through 8, it said, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. They fell face down. They were devastated. They were crushed. They knew what God could do. God had given them this vision. And you know what? I just need to say this because I can and because I've done this and I used to be here. And I know a lot of you that are here. But can I just tell you today that being a pastor, that serving in ministry, it's not easy. It's a hard grind that you go through. And I don't say that to make anybody feel bad for me or feel bad for Eric. I say it for this reason. Whenever you get an opportunity to encourage one of your leaders, do it. Make sure you do it. When was the last time you texted Eric? You said, I don't have his number. I'll give it to you. (laughs) I have it. Or text, thank you're welcome, Eric. Uh, when's the last time you texted him or wrote him a note and just said, hey, thanks for the talk today. Thanks for the talk today. Thanks for putting in the prep time that that took to do that. Thanks for caring enough about me to say the truth. And you've got Eric, you've got Ben, you've got Gus, you've got Dan, you've got Tyler, you've got all this staff here, all the people that work downstairs in the children's area, which looks amazing. I don't see how any new family wouldn't want to come here. So anytime you get a chance to say thank you to them, do it. Better yet, the next time you're at Starbucks and you pay for your coffee, grab one of those gift cards. Get a $25, $50, be crazy, get a $100 card. Just take it out of your offering. 
I didn't say that in the first service. That was good. I'll say in the last one, though. And just drop it in a card and say thank you. I guarantee you'll get that. They won't even use it on their family. They'll use it on going out to have coffee with one of you. But say thank you. Encourage them. Anytime you encourage a leader, that encouragement is multiplied over and over and over again. So we go on with the story. It says, Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. That was a way for grieving then. They said to all the people of Israel, they tried one last time to convince them, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. One more time, they try to put the vision in front of a group of people who are scared. I wish I could tell you, I wish I could tell you that there was like an immediate happy ending to this story. But there really wasn't. Because the reality is, in that day, they didn't take the risk. They didn't take the leap of faith. And they ended up staying and wandering around in this wilderness for 40 years. But the good news is that for Caleb and for Joshua, they were able to cross over into the new land. The gift you guys have given me, and you don't even know it, is for years. And, and I'm a nobody. I'm not trying to say, say this in any way that uh, would make me feel self-important. But as a former pastor, I always, the, the role of Moses in this story always resonated with me. Because I felt like I got to be here for the dream. And I got to go right up to the edge of the promised land. But he didn't have for me to go in to the promised land. So I always resonated with the story of Moses. But today, Caleb resonates with me. Because I got to come back. I've got to cross over. I've got to be in the promised land. I've got to see the dream that is a reality today. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting me be part of that. There's still so much left to do. And why God puts you in this community doesn't slow down, unfortunately. It doesn't stop. And for some of you today, here's the reality for you. You really need to hit the reset button. You say, John, you don't know me. Yeah, but I know people. I know me. We can get to be petty. We can let little things get in the way of the main thing. And we can lose our way. Maybe you used to serve and you don't serve now. Or maybe you're serving and just going through the motion and you just need to be reminded of why you do what you do. But you just need that reset button for this church. I can't think of a more challenging time to be a church than today. It's much harder than when I was here. Our, our nation 
is so divided and polarized right now. And my point is not to see or ask which side you might be on. I I promise that I don't really care about that. But it's hard to be a church but I, because it's hard to get the love of Jesus out to people without it getting tagged to some ideology or some political movement when Jesus never, never got dragged into that. As hard as they tried him. And I'm just crazy enough to believe this today, that Jesus still has the power to transcend our ideology and to reach people with his love. I can promise you this, people. Your ideology won't get you through the dark seasons of your life. It won't. Jesus will. Jesus will. I'm proof positive of that. The fact that I'm standing here is nothing short of a miracle. And Jesus was there to walk with me all the way through. I want to just encourage you and I want to show you this really quick video before we close just to encourage you with the power of hearts to still change in the community that we live in. Go ahead, guys. Was there for the ceasefire and a war between neighbors. Is the truce holding? Steve went on the road to check back. Even though this neighborhood in Somerville, South Carolina is predominantly black, no one really noticed when Annie Cadell moved in seven years ago. I love the house. At least, as we reported a few months ago, no one really noticed at first. When she came here, she seemed to be very nice. Until? A little while later, she started putting up Confederate flags. And so began a very public fight. When the neighbors protested in front of her house, Annie invited counter-protesters to stand in her yard. When the neighbors put up walls on both sides of her property to block the view, Annie put up a taller flagpole. Once you get my hackles raised, I don't back down. Eventually, the war settled into a stalemate of sorts. There were no more marches, no bigger walls, no taller flagpoles. Just a quiet bitterness on both sides. Until Annie had a change of heart, quite literally. When you have a heart attack and you're being told you're not going to live very long, you're facing your mortality. I needed to clean up the messes that I made by being so stubborn. She started with one of her fiercest critics, director of the local community resource center, Lewis Smith. And she said, I have decided to take down the flag. I said, huh? Not long after, she presented him with the flag. And Miss Annie, we thank you. Annie says before her health scare, she only saw the Confederate flag through her eyes as a way to honor relatives who fought for the South. But after, she says that argument seemed so petty. Can we get people to be less stubborn without the heart attack part? That would be lovely, but (laughs) sometimes it takes a serious action to happen to you before you see your actions on others. Since this story first aired, things have only gotten better. Last month, Annie's neighbors returned the favor by taking down the walls. Hallelujah, the fence is down. Thank you, Miss Annie. I feel like they welcomed me with open arms today. I have never felt so much love and care. In America, 
Some people love to build walls. But if this one block of this great country shows us anything, it's that we love tearing them down <laughs> even more. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Somerville, South Carolina. Thank you. We've come together. A cool story. We're here to build bridges. Bottom line. Bottom line. And it doesn't stop. It starts right here. It starts right now. And it starts with you. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the privilege to be here. God, uh, to sit in front of people today that I dreamed of years ago being here. And then to see you use people like Eric to come and to make it happen. To see how you've shown up so strong. And now, God, my hope and my dream for this place, for this time, is that they'll be challenged and inspired to continue to tear down walls and to build bridges to people in this community. For those that are here today and just need to hit that reset button, God, help them remember that you're the God of second chances, of third, of fifth, of tenth, of twentieth, that you're there, that your grace is new every single day. And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for letting me be here today. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.